Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Playoffs? That's right, Jim Mora. You want to talk about playoffs? It is playoff time this week, and that means there is no better place to get your action in than on DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't checked it out yet, I suggest you do it right now. And to celebrate, DraftKings is giving you the chance to double your money. All it takes is one single touchdown to be scored during Saturday's playoff games. That's right. Once you opt in and place your bet, all you have to do is sit back and wait for one touchdown to be scored. If you like betting on hoops, you can bet on hoops. It's all at DraftKings. DraftKings safe, secure, reliable. They make it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at any time. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code HELIPOD when you sign up to have a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in one of Saturday's three NFL playoff games. That's code HELIPOD for new players to get a shot at doubling their money for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Helipod also brought to you by Viore Clothing. I've been talking about them from the jump. From the beginning of the helipod, the core shorts have the built-in liner. The ponto shorts might be the most comfortable short that I have ever put on my body. Uh, The Sunday performance jogger, also a favorite. This is the best athleisure wear on the planet. You look good. You feel good. Invest in your happiness right now. Check out Viore. MJD loves it. Um, I don't know that I've ever found another human being on the planet who enjoys a fresh box of Viore gear more than Maurice Jones-Drew. Every time I see him, we had, we had dinner last night. Every time I see him, he's wearing Viore. I love it. Yeah, let's keep it simple. He loves it. And I'm going to give you 20% off today. Your first purchase, just go to vioreclothing.com slash helipod. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash helipod to get 20% off your first purchase. They have everything. They have coats. They have this really cool Aspen shirt that's kind of like a, like a flannel lumberjack shirt you can wear on your ski trips. I'm telling you, dude, check it out, vioreclothing.com. With that, it is time for the Helipod presented by Viore with MJD. I almost forgot the with MJD part. That was almost bad. Let's go. So this coming down just a few moments ago, we are taping uh, the helipod with MJD on Tuesday morning, and we just get word that there has been a COVID outbreak for the Cleveland Browns. They will be going into their playoff game this weekend against the Pittsburgh Steelers without head coach Kevin Stefanski, who has tested positive for COVID-19. They're also going to be missing a couple of players, one, Joel Batonio, 
who is one of their best offensive linemen, the heart and soul of that team. Bubar, Matthew Bubar, our crack producer and researcher, um, you have a couple of cool – he was given the game ball last he week, was, right? He was, and as the resident Browns fan, this just kills me. This just hurts my heart. Uh, Batonio, seven-year veteran on the Browns, three-time pro bowler. Stefanski gives him the game ball after the Steelers' victory. He actually says in his speech that he's so proud to see the culture change in Cleveland as he's playing there. Uh, of all the players who can't play in this game, he's probably the one in being a Browns fan that you didn't want to see have to sit out this game. He is the heart and soul of the offensive line group, of the team. It's awful that he has to miss this game. He, I remember when the Cavs won the NBA championship, he was actually on record in saying how incredible it was for the city of Cleveland. And at that point, he actually had visions of what the city could be like if they ever won the Super Bowl. All right, Bubar, Bubar. This is a lot of Cleveland. Hey, this is a lot of Cleveland sorry. to start the helipod. I'm sorry. It's the first time I mean, since 02. Lord. I had to. It's he's the first right. time he's since 02. going through it right now. And David. today is the actual... Uh, Today, 18 years ago today, today was the last time the Browns actually played in a playoff game. 18 years ago today. So Joel Batonio, if you are a, a casual football fan out there and wondering who the hell is Joel Batonio, he's a three-time Pro Bowler at left guard for the Browns. Uh, Kadero Hodge, the wide receiver, also uh, going to be out this game. But I think most importantly, it's Kevin Stefanski. Yep. It's your head coach. As you are going into the postseason, um, this is a guy who has done a tremendous job, kind of been the, the adult in the room that they've been waiting for at that head coaching position for a while, and he's not going to be there, MJD. Not only your head coach, your play caller. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, even that's more the big, important. That's the bigger thing. Like, if your head coach has it and you have coordinators that are competent and you trust, they can kind of handle it. You could put your special teams coach as the head coach um, and let your coordinators do their thing. But when you have a head coach and he's the play caller on either offense or defense, and you lose him, that's a double whammy, yep. right? And I think that is going to be tough. Uh, what is it, Alex Van Pelt is going to be – Alex offense. Van Pelt, the OC, will be calling the plays. For probably his first time calling plays, at, uh, I don't know, in the National Football League, uh, but in the playoffs for sure, right? And so, you know, big a lot of pressure on him to make sure he does it the right way. I always – you know, I always try to um, – I was told this once when I got in the NFL, and it, it, it serves to be true. The NFL is what you make it. And I, I was told this by Fred Taylor. If you believe it's the NFL and it's the greatest players of all time, you're going to put a lot of pressure on yourself, right? And you're going to go out there and do all these things. Fred Taylor told me, he goes, think of this as Pop Warner. Were you nervous when you went out there and you're playing whatever team you're about to play? And I was like, you know, in some games you'd be a little nervous, but more, more than nervous, you'd be excited to go out there and play, right? Um, and then he says, those same moves that worked in Pop Warner work in the National Football League. Hmm. And that probably was the greatest advice I got from someone uh, my rookie year because it took a lot of pressure off me to go out there and just perform and not worry about all those things. And so what I would say uh, to Van Pelt is call this thing like you would if you're playing Madden. Like take your chances, take your shots, be aggressive, do some unconventional things, and maybe it, it, it works out for you. Um, but you can't go in there thinking that it's the, it's the first time Cleveland's been to the playoffs since 2002 and all these different things. Like, no, just go out there and have fun with it and enjoy this moment because, like, I guess a guy who played in the National Football League and went to the playoffs once, they come few and far between if you're not, you know, prepared for it um, and if you're not enjoying it. And so if you go out there and you enjoy the moment, I think, uh, you know, it may work out for them. 
Well, he did early on in training camp. He was he was calling some of the plays and um, practice. Yeah, yeah. I know. We're, talk, we're talking practice. We're talking practice. Okay. We're talking playoffs. Um, that's a playoffs. that's a big deal, man. I that that just came down a few moments ago. Um, I listen. The whole Doug Peterson benching Jalen Hurts because you need to get a look at Nate Sudfeld thing has been all the rage okay. a couple days. By the time you listen to this, you might be over this conversation. And I, I thought it was a little overblown, MJD. But Jeff McClain from the Philly Inquirer said at least two defensive players had to be held back from confronting Doug Peterson during the game about this, position, about this uh, decision. The decision led to their loss to Washington. It also improved their draft position from nine to six. Bubar, I forgot to ask you this before the pod, but I'd like you to go back the last few years and look at the guys who were drafted ninth overall and look at the guys who were drafted sixth overall. I'm just curious. But as a player, MJD, if you're on that football team and you see Jalen Hurts, who was not having a great game, but he would, scored, he, listen, he was certainly far better and gave you a significantly greater chance to win that game with him on the field as opposed to Nate Sudfeld. So when they pull Jalen Hurts as a player on that team, what are you thinking? Well, I, okay, so that's, that's, one, that's one thing. Uh, this weekend, and I'm going to get back to this. This weekend, um, I was calling the Rams-Cardinals game, and Kyler Murray hurt his ankle. And he hurt his ankle where he was out for three quarters, and he came back in, in the fourth quarter and played lights out and looked a thousand times better than the backup uh, that was playing for him. Very similar situations, and I'll tell you why. Um one, when you're a player, you for the Kyler Murray situation, you're a franchise quarterback. The way quarterbacks show toughness is by playing through injury. We're not asking you to run full speed in anyone. We're not asking you to tackle anyone. We're asking you to play through injury. That's it. That's all. Kyler didn't do that. You saw the frustration of the team when he wasn't out there and he was getting checked out and they were struggling offensively. When you go back to Philly, then it's very similar, but it, it has a different connotation to it. When you go back to Philly, it wasn't that Jalen Hurts was hurt. It wasn't that he was playing horrible. He had two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. He was They were moving the ball up and down the field on the Washington football team's defense. It wasn't as if he was playing bad. The problem is this, and this is where I think a lot of people get into it, and this is why I say they're similar. People don't understand the amount of hours you put in week after week to get your body right to get your mind right to play, and to prepare to play a, a football game. You don't do all that stuff to lose, at least try to lose, right? You don't do all that stuff. You do all that stuff to give yourself the best chance to play the best football that you can. And I can understand why these defensive players are upset because we're practicing all week. You're telling us, okay, this is how we're going to win this game. This is how we're going to do this. I need you guys to go out here and whatever the temperature it is in Philadelphia – you know, the season's almost over, but, you know, I need you guys to give me everything you have this last week to go out here and give me everything. And then you pee on me and tell me it's raining pretty much, <laughs> right? Like, I do all this stuff. I'm in there. I'm Like, I'll give you my I'll give you my routine. This is why, like, players get frustrated. This was just my routine when I was a player. I woke up at 5, 5 o'clock every morning. I would uh, get to the facility by, like, 5.30. I would stretch, get treatment, cold tub, hot tub. Um, I would then go eat breakfast by like seven thirty eight. Our first meeting's like eight oh five or eight ten or whatever it might have been. Sit in meetings from eight ten to noon, either practice or have lunch, and then go practice. 
then come back after practice, get treatment, stretch, all this stuff, and then sit in meetings for three more hours, okay? After meetings, Dan, and some in there, you're somewhere in there you're going to get a lift in, uh, depending on the day. But after, after those last meetings, I'm still at the facility for two hours to try to get my body right, getting stretched, massaged. Uh, people are like, oh, but, you're, but th that's time away from my family. That's time away from doing other things that I could be doing, you know, um, with my kids or, you know, household things, whatever it may be. And I do all that. I sacrifice all that time because I want to win. And you're getting paid a lot of money. You, you pay me to practice. You don't pay me to play on Sunday. No, they pay you to play on Sunday. That's no, they don't. Their money. No, that's no. Again, as a player, you pay me to practice, not to play on Sunday. Uh, you pay me to get up and do those things. But regardless of the money, I want to win games. Right. And for Doug Peterson to say, we wanted to give this guy a shot, then what is practice for then? Because you see him in practice every day. And if he was so good that he deserved the shot because of practice, you would have started him in front of the, and before Jalen Hurts. What about the fact that they said during the week it doesn't, that their plan was to – they wanted to play him the entire second half. That was kind what, of the What if, what if I told in. you, Dan, you know, I, I, you know, I, I was like, hey uh, – you know, someday this week, you know, I'm going to do X or whatever. Like, don't don't prepare me for the loss. Why even go out there and play? You should have forfeited. At the end of the day, like, he doesn't – Nate Suffield, again, I don't know him. I've watched his tape. Um, and I'll say this. Is he better than Jalen Hurts? No. Is he better than Carson Wentz? No. So why does he deserve to play? This is the National Football League. This isn't Pop Warner. There's, there's no minimum plays. There's no this guy has to play well, six plays in the game. Like, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but you're you're in week 17. The game doesn't matter for you in any way, any form or fashion. The outcome of that game does not affect the Philadelphia Eagles. There were a lot of players who, a lot of star players who weren't even playing in the game, who, who? were resting, who? Who, were, who were sitting out. In what game? The, in the Eagles game. Who? They, they, like they who? Had, Dallas Goddard, healthy, didn't play. They had a number of houses. Zach Ertz was out there. Well, Zach Ertz yeah, has not they, been they, the most productive they, guy this year. They, Miles, Miles Sanders. There was a lot of guys. Sean, Alshon, Fletcher Cox. Uh, there were a, there were a few who were out. There were a lot. But you have an opportunity to win with those guys. Well, and that's what changes it in the minds of a lot of people, right? If this were a 14, 21-point ball game, fine. Fine. But you had a chance to win, and that was the problem that, say, Joe Judge had when he went off. Yep. It's not he even about – this is not about Joe Judge. And I, and, I, and I have to stop you there. It's not – Joe Judge, you had – I think Irv <laughs> said it best. You have you had seven, 16 opportunities to do what you did. You 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 don't get to rely on them. You don't them. deserve you to don't play, deserve to play yet. For sure. You don't there. get to do that. And, yeah. that and, I, and I appreciate what he said because sure. what he said is true. It's coach speak. It's good yeah. coach speak. No, no, it, it's true. Like, yeah. you, you sac do a lot of sacrificing to play the best. Yep. But you had your opportunities to do it. You didn't do it. What I'm saying for Philadelphia, so you're saying Joe Judge, stop, stop, yeah. stop it. Like, like okay. that isn't his that's, argument. I'd rather, to make. yeah, it's just not your fight. You're, yeah. you're way up there in New York. You stay up there. What I'm saying is, you want to create a culture, a culture of winning. You can't do it now because I know if the going gets tough, you're like, well, we'll just tank. That's what that's what you told me. Mm. I mean, that, did, didn't this coach win the Super Bowl like like two years? What, ago? What, that, yeah. that, this is a this is a what have you done for me lately? National Football League. You know that. You know that more than anyone, Dan. It, I don't care if you won a Super Bowl last year. You don't get to do what you did, and that's never okay. That's it's never okay in any competitive sport. I don't care if we're playing Parcheesi, Monopoly, if we're playing Parcheesi, backgammon, if we're sorry. playing pickleball. Uno. 
Been playing Uno, Uno lately. If we're doing any of that in pickleball, Dan, imagine, you know, I, I watched you play the other day. Imagine if your partner just was like, ah, I wanted to get that one, but I just want to, I don't, I don't want to get that one because I want to play on the other side of the court. I want to wait till we get on the other side of the court to give my best. That would be some bullshit. I would be pissed. But and that's what Doug Peterson did. Yeah. No, I, I, I get, so at, there's not a single player on that team in that locker room that says, all right, this is cool. No. Did you hear what Jason Kelsey said a couple weeks ago? Yeah, that was a couple weeks ago. Everybody, they, they ran that as if it were yep. after the game, yep. but it was a couple weeks ago when he talked about the importance of winning and culture in the locker room. Yep, I'll give you one better. This morning, Miles Sanders went on local Philly radio, okay? And they asked him about the Jalen Hurts sitting, and this was his quote, word for word. Man, if I'm being honest, nobody liked that decision. Nobody. That's all I can say, really. I don't know who was the main person behind that decision. All I know is that a lot of people on the team was confused. End quote. That explains it right there because he, because there's there's no rhyme or reason. If you wanted to evaluate him, fine, you can do it. But what does that what does that mean for the rest? Well, here's of the room you've had him for four team. years. You know right. what he yeah. is. That's, and, 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 or that's the problem. And you guys know this this wasn't about Nate Sudfeld. No, this was about improving draft position. And in a in a place where and Dan, I have to I, I keep. I'm sorry, I got to cut you off because it, it it pisses me off so much. Good, I like you the take, passion. You took Jalen Rager, who is who is good, over Justin Jefferson, who is great. Yep. Right. Look at their draft. If you want to go back, look at Philly's draft and who they drafted. They took uh, uh, Ortega Whiteside over DK Metcalf. That is true. Like it I'm, ain't like. Just well, because you have a, a better pick doesn't mean you're going to make the right choice. Because right now, true. Yep. it looks like you're out here with beer goggles. And when they made <laughs> and when they made that assessment, when they made it, people asked them, you know, why did you take Rager over someone like Jefferson? And they just came out and said Rager fit our system better. Right? They like, so, they like the speed. Right? They yeah. like the speed, but obviously Jefferson has speed. I've seen I, him run past to people. That, like, to that point, obviously Jefferson would have had just. Maybe not the same quite impact, but Jefferson would have had an impact and a really good one on this Philadelphia team. There's no doubt he would have had an, had an impact well, on any I mean, team. He, he so, has 1,400 yards yeah. as a rookie going, wide yeah. receiver. Going back to this, and I, and then this, yeah, going back to that is this. There's there's two things, two major things happened for the Philadelphia Eagles that where I don't see them recovering with this this scouting department and or this coaching staff. And I'm going to tell you the two. You waited too long to bitch Carson Wentz. They knew – as everyone knew that he wasn't playing well, you should have benched him earlier. And there was an issue with the locker room in that situation, right? There was an issue with the locker room was split with that. Like they, they like you should have benched him. You should have been playing hurts. I think the defenders, the defensive side came out and said that. And there were some offensive players that said that as well. The second thing was you tanking a game. Once you do that, there is no going back. Like there is no recovery from that type of. You want to talk about a fractured relationship with with uh, uh, Wentz and, and Peterson? Peter, oh, now it's Peterson versus the world. It's Peterson and uh, <laughs> Howie Roseman versus their whole org, all the players. Because what am I going out here to give you? Why am I running full well, speed and, to this and guy? Let me to do let this? me be clear. Doug Peterson does not make this decision on his own. No, he doesn't. But this but, is an organizational decision, and he was faced with two choices: to tell the truth and he would get in trouble by the league or to lie. And he lied. And he, that's, that was but, his only but option. This is the game. thing though. Now you can't ask your players to trust you. When we sit in that first meeting and you tell me, this is why we have a championship team. I'm going to look at you and be like, yeah, right. For show. <laughs> oh, for show. You like, like you, you just lied to me. Like, I don't, I remember, and, and, and I'll end with this. I remember in 2011, we had a chance to, if we had a loss to the Colts, um, they wouldn't have been able to get draft Andrew Luck at one. 
and we would have been able to pick someone else. Uh, I think we ended up picking up Justin Blackman that year, but I don't know. I think we would have picked up someone else or we'd have had a higher pick. Right. Right. Um, and we went out there and they went out there and we both played to win the game. Period. Point blank. I have never been hit so hard in my life during that game. I have never seen guys scratch and claw like dudes were out there playing. They coached to win that ball game. Okay. Uh, I think it was Jim Caldwell was a coach too that year. Um, our coach was Mel Tucker. We played to win that ball game because if you do tank, you're going to have to wipe everyone out and have a fresh start. And I promise you next year, the Eagles are going to have so much um, turmoil inside their, in their, their building because of this one game. And to hear Miles Sanders say nobody like that, that means you're going to have everyone, everyone, barking at you because of it every decision you make is going to be second guess now every time you want to do something they're they're, they're going to be like ah here we go again and as soon as it becomes negative or toxic the ball is just going to start rolling downhill on you and you're going to have to try to find a way to recover it i just don't see them being able to do that bubar did you did you uh get a chance to look up the top 10 uh draft picks from you last know, year, six you and nine you brought me here for a reason yeah i, I got him here for you so just looking at it from just this last draft okay the number six pick was justin herbert the number nine pick was cornerback C.J. Henderson. That's a nice – I mean, not to say anything wrong about C.J. C.J. played a great year. Right. But that's a that's a nice difference. 2019, number six pick, MJD favorite, Daniel Jones. <laughs> and pick number nine, nice impact player, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver do, starting to do some nice things. But when you're talking about controlling a game and having an impact on a game and score, okay. there's a difference. Uh you know, so we're talking two franchise quarterbacks. We, we are. We right, are. So go to go to the next one. Next so year. next one. Interesting. You've got at, at the six pick. You've got Quentin Nelson, and at the nine pick, the Niners took Mike McGlinchey. And interesting enough, if you had either one and you believed in him, you could have taken Rosen because he was taken tense. You still would have had an opportunity. You know who if, else if, was taken? So Josh Allen was taken at nine. Yes, Josh Allen was taken at nine in that one as well. Um, so or was he taking? No, he's taking a ten. Excuse me, to the Buffalo Bills. He was taking. Yeah, a, he was I, a I think 10 it pick. depends on what the team needs. Right, right. In and, that situation, and then of course there's some there's some other there's some other interesting uh, picks between six and nine in 2017. The six pick was Jamal Adams. The nine pick was John Ross. But that massive. was Cincinnati though, because who was after who was after that though? I, I promise you there was someone better before uh, other than John Ross. Was that 2016? Uh, that was in 2017. And when we had John Ross, who was actually taken there at nine, you had Mike Williams uh, out of Clemson going to the Chargers at seven. You had Cordy Davis at five to the Titans. Um, and in fact, that was th- a receiver draft. That, wait, those were the only receivers taken in the first round, though. That was it in 2017, because then you had other guys who were taken later on, such as Zay Jones, uh, Curtis Samuel. Uh, Juju was picked later yeah, in that you, one. You Cooper had Pat Cup. Mahomes at 10 that yeah, year. You had you Pat did, Mahomes so yeah, at you 10. Had, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You had Deshaun Watson at 12 that, that year. So and McCaffrey at 8. Yeah, yep. like you, so you, like you can still trade it up to get right. the 2. So and it, uh, to me, is it's less about where you're picking and it's about who you're picking. Correct. Right? And sure. if you look at the Eagles last year, couple years of draft, just because you pick at 6 doesn't mean you're going to get a guy. That's a valid point. I, like, and that's where that's totally where that's agree. where the tanking gets it, it upsets you because you see these players, like, and I'm not gonna go into names. I remember being in Jacksonville and we draft certain guys, 
and they may look good in OTAs, but in the past, come on, they don't look as good. Or you sign free agents, you pay them big money, and they're supposed to come in and do these things, and they don't do it. And that is a culture issue because you know what? You're talking about at the highest level of our game, you're telling us this guy is going to help us win games. We're trusting you as a scouting department, as a GM, as a head coach, that, that your eyes and what we need, that you're going to pick the right guy for it. The Eagles haven't done that. After the game, did you hear Chase Young saying, I want Tom Brady? No question. I love that. You love it? I love it. I love this kid, man. He, like, first I of all, I love Chase Young. I didn't even know that they gave him the captain C. Yeah, once yeah. they took it away from Haskins, they gave it to the dog on the defensive side. I mean, he, he is the leader of that defense. In his first year, and they are now the elder statesmen on that team, have kind of handed the reins over to him and said, you want to you do the pregame talk? You, you want to break the Why huddle? not? He's, he's been great. He's been great. So you're cool. You know Tom Brady is going to use that for fuel. If, if somebody cuts him off in traffic, he will use that for fuel that week. He uses anything he can. I, I, does, not, it, does it even matter at this point if there's fuel or not? For no, Tom it Brady? does matter for Tom, and I, and I love it. Uh, I think what else matters for Tom is that they, they sign Antonio Brown. I think what else matters for Tom is that Mike Evans, hopefully he's able to get out there and play. Those well, are going to be the issues. Let's not break down the whole I'm not, but, not, but that's what I'm saying. More than what he said. Matt, it's, it's, it's the guys around Tom that's going to matter. We, yeah. we saw that in New England last year. He didn't have all the weapons. They couldn't win a playoff game. For Tom, it's more about having his ple the pieces around him. And, and please believe that, that the Washington football team, um, they can win this game because they have, uh, just like Cleveland, Tampa has a nice little outbreak of COVID, too, going on. Right? You, what is it? Devin, their linebacker is an issue. Devin White. Devin White's out. Um, I want to say there was another guy, too, that had it as well. Ronald Jones missed a couple games early. He's back. So they got, yeah. He's back, but they got their issues. The thing is this. The Washington football team's defense, uh, they can get pressure with four. Right. And which they, they, they which can get pressure with the three. They can get pressure with two if they want to. If they feel like really just rushing the two edge guys, Sweat and, and, uh, Chase, uh, and uh, Chase Young, they can – they can why, why, get, are you, why are you blowing your wad on this game I'm right not, now? I'm not, what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter what that young man says. Okay. Like, so Tom like is going to use it, but it don't, I mean, the, like, is it, was it Tristan Wirfs versus Chase Young? That, is that what we're talking about? Is I, it, I, guess, I guess just, you know, it, does it matter if that's bulletin board material all over the, the Bucks? It's locker? the playoffs. Yeah. Hey, listen, I played, we played Tom Brady in 2007, um, and one of our uh, D linemen had said something about Deflategate. Because uh, that was uh -oh. the whole deflate gate thing, and uh, uh -oh. how'd that go? We 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 lost the game, but I'll, I'll tell you what happened. No matter, we lost that game, but we had an opportunity to win it. It didn't make the game. They weren't like they didn't blow they us. They weren't out. angrier. Yeah, it wasn't like they were angry. Like no, they were. They understood. Like they were going into a dogfight, mm -hmm. and we had Dennis Northcutt. We threw a post to him and cover zero, and he uh, dropped it. And that was kind of the, the, the that would have changed the game for us. We didn't. I felt like we'd have won that game if we'd have caught that. Um, what do you say to Dennis Northcutt after that? Listen, it's, it's I, I look, it, I don't say anything. he didn't intentionally drop well, of it. Of course. Right. So it's nothing I can say to him like, oh man, blah, like, no, like it, it, people drop passes. It happens. Cause the week before that I dropped two, uh, in the, in the, in the wild card game against the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, it wasn't as if he was like, you know, intentionally doing it. It's, just, it's a national football league. He went mm -hmm. to make a catch. Rodney Harrison made a great play on him, hit him and he dropped it. It happens. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the playoffs, man. Like you can say whatever you want. You I, the word like 
talk about my mother. I didn't, like it doesn't. I'm already amped up enough because I'm in the right. offs. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't matter if it's bulletin board material or not. The other thing I do like is uh, after that comment was made, I did like with Bruce Arians uh, getting involved in it a little bit. And the only quote that he had after Chase Young's was, "Watch what you wish for." And I just thought that just to add, just to add a little something to it because. That's coming from a guy who's the no risk it, no biscuit. And, and when you match the, him with someone with Brady like that, I, and have that. I, that's I, the I thing, though. But, but think of the, I, I love it, too. But think about this. Are you going to be having Tom Brady doing seven-step drops against his D-line? No. You better not if you want to like be quick pass. Yeah, if you better want get the, if they wanted to. Can Tom Brady? Uh, can Tom Brady throw it far enough off dropping seven steps? Also, no, I mean, he's it, been, the problem is. Will he have time? I'm sure. Will he have time to do that? Right? right. Like it's not. We we fail to realize that it's not just Chase Young on that defense. They yep. have what five or six first rounders rushing the passer. So when they go out, there's two other first rounders coming in to right. rush the passer. Ron Ryan Payne, Kerrigan, Jonathan Allen, Ryan yeah. Kerrigan doesn't even start. Yeah, Montez yep. Sweat. You got there's dudes Sweat's are just legit. rotating to get after yeah. the quarterback in this situation. So yeah. I mean, I love it because. It's less about Tom Brady, and it's more about how the Washington football team feels. They believe right now. They believe. And we're going to get Definitely. into that game. Uh, before we get into the game, though, I, I want to take a look at, at some of these jobs that are out there. Uh, every year, there's, there's at least five head coaching vacancies seemingly every single year. I believe that's the average over the last 20 years. And this year, there's six, MJD. Well, can I tell you why? Yeah, Well, this is, this, is, this, is, this is one of my, my, my things that I, I, I truly believe. If you look at any other professional sport, soccer, NHL, MLB, NBA, it is not frowned upon to have former players being head coaches. It's not frowned upon from former players not having coaching experience to become a head coach. Right? You look at Steve Nash. Has he has he coached anywhere before? Well, so Steve Nash was a consultant for I, the Warriors. Was he, did he coach? Steve Nash was a consultant. Worked, I'm a consultant too for a lot of teams. No, no, no. He he was up there for all 32. <laughs> I work for NFL Network. <laughs> he, <laughs> like he he lives he lives uh, literally a stone's throw from me, and he would yeah every every couple of weeks he'd go up and help coach Steph and Katie and those guys when when Katie was there. Uh, but he has never been a full fledged full time oh, so, NBA and, coach. And so what I'm saying is. <clears throat> Because before I used to think like it was just mediocrity, and I was like, no, but that's not what it is. When you're a head coach, and we were talking about this before the podcast, you told me to wait, so I'm gonna tell you now. When you're a head coach, it's less coaching, right? You're it shouldn't be a head coach in football. It should be more like baseball, like manager, because that's right. what you're doing. You're managing expectation and personalities. You're managing the substitutions, the flow of the game. You're managing uh, the the coaches around you that are coaching. You're not coaching as much. You shouldn't, at least, right? Um, and for me, that's why there's so many jobs that turn over and over and over again, because you give guys opportunities because maybe they're a great play caller. And, and this is, uh, I want our listeners to look up the Peter principle. It happens in everyday life. It happens mostly in the NFL, but when you, um, promote someone to incompetency, right? Like you're a great offensive coordinator. I'm going to make you my head coach. Like, no, bro, you're, you're a great play caller. I should either pay you. To be a great play caller, that's it. Like a head coach has to be someone who can relate to everyone in that locker room, who can see a guy which players go through, and it's crazy because I went through it uh, as a retired player and as a player. When you go through slumps, you get depressed. Your head coach has to be able to put his hand on your shoulder and say, hey, it's going to be okay. Rub your back. You know, make you feel better. Try to talk confidence into you. Speak confidence into you. Um, That's what a head coach is. And so – I played for a number of them and a head coach isn't a play caller. 
even though we see that a lot with the Rams, we saw that with the Jets, you see that with the Browns, you see that with a lot of people. But if you look at the most successful ones, and I'm not saying that I, I think Sean McVay with the Rams has done a phenomenal job of doing both. Um, I think, you know, eventually he's going to have to hand one of those over because you, it, wear, it, it wears on you a little bit. We've seen that with Gary Kubiak. Uh, coaches start to get, like, you know, health issues. He's young enough, but eventually it, it'll, it'll wear on him. But um, I think that that is why you see so much turnover. Yep. Bless you, Dan. You, you see, that's why you see so much turnover is because you're picking these coaches because they he's a great DC, Vic Vangio, awesome D coordinator for the Bears and the Niners. He's had a great defense. That doesn't mean he's going to be a great head coach. Yep. That doesn't mean he's going to relate to everyone. That doesn't mean that he can speak confidence into people. That doesn't mean he can rally the truth. That doesn't mean that. He can rally a defensive side. So guess what? I'm just going to pay you more money and let you be the DC. I pay you like a head coach, but I just want you to call my defense. We see this over and over because that's what happens. And so, they recycle the same names over and over again. So you do have, at the beginning of this year, you had nine former players who were head coaches. There are a lot of guys you don't Out of 32. Of. Right. But a lot of guys you don't think of, right? Like Zach Taylor had a cup of coffee. Um, you know, Doug Peterson, obviously. Frank Wright. Cliff Kingsbury, you know, was around for a year or two. And then Marone, Anthony Lynn, Vrabel, Rivera. Um, how, how, real quick. How good is Vrabel? Great. Think a about lot, that. He's a lot great. better than a lot of people I think assume think about that he that. would be. Look, how good is he? Like, because he doesn't. You see him. He is the the epitome of a coach. Yep. Of a head coach. He's out there with his players before, working with them. Hands. Woo woo woo. He can. A guy has a bad thing. Hey man, come on over here. I will. Like he unders. He gets it. A lot of these other coaches are just play callers, yep. introverts. They're just, is, that. That's what Rabel is. is not. An alpha. Yep. He is an alpha's alpha. If Vrabel is in a room of alphas, he's going to be the alpha him. of the alphas. That's yeah. what you. That's what you have yeah. to be. And 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 those. And when they brought him in, I mean, think of how lucky too, because they. Uh, you took him from your uh, a divisional opponent. Yeah. And and, and 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 the system that he put in place isn't the craziest system by far. And you brought in a Tannehill who's just thrived in it, but that all those players have bought into him. Well, he's made some interesting decisions there too. You know, Matt LaFleur was also interviewed for that job. Yep. And I, Matt LaFleur was recommended to him and they said, Hey, this might be a good idea to have him as the offensive coordinator. Matt LaFleur got a head coaching job. Yep. And then he decided to promote Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith is getting head coaching interviews now, but Arthur Smith was the tight end coach. He worked his way up as a low-level assistant, mm -hmm. started with the Washington football team under Joe Gibbs. Mm -hmm. wow. His dad is Fred Smith, who is the CEO and chairman of FedEx. Oh, my God. And Fred Smith had wow. a good relationship with Dan Snyder at one time yeah. and said, hey, take a look at my son who played football in North Carolina. He was an offensive lineman there. But Arthur is the hardest working guy that you will find. Worked his way up. You would never know who his father was in, unless you knew, sure. right? Because he's never going to talk about right. it. But my point is that Vrabel made a decision to promote Arthur Smith, which was incredibly popular in the building. But in league circles, people are like, eh, really? He's just a jag. He's just yeah. a guy. Yep. And you're promoting that. Well, big time decision. And that's one of the things I think Vrabel has done so well is making difficult decisions, like benching Mariota to go to Tampa. Absolutely. But, but so, so that's the thing. Like, when you're a player, and, I, and I, I used to have this conversation with Tony Baselli all the time in Jacksonville, is that there's two you, – you can tell from day one who's a good coach 
who's a great coach and who's going to be fired. You can tell from day one who's a good player, who will be a – I'm talking about by the way they walk almost, yep. with the way they walk on the field, the way they trot, the way they move. You can almost tell like, oh, this dude got it. Because football is less about physical uh, attributes. It's more about what you think of yourself. And that is what a great coach is. Like you said, Vrabel is going to go in a room full of alpha dogs and be an alpha, be the alpha of all the alpha dogs, yep. right? But you knew that when you see him walk. We see him at the combine every year. And I played against Vrabel, and all it is is a very mutual respect. He sees me, I see him, we nod, and we go on about our day. But it's a mutual respect because I respect what he did, he respects what I did. There's a lot of these coaches that we have, and I'm not going to throw out names because we're not going to do that right now, but they don't have that respect. Can you have that respect from a player without having been a player in the NFL? You can, but it's because you, like... I mean, Belichick, obviously. That's one. But you know how you get that? By helping those players succeed. You see what I'm saying? If right. Giving me the advice, giving me the knowledge, coaching me for me to be successful. That's how you get that. And it, it'd be like, I always tell people this, like, football is very... It's, it's, you can't... If someone taught you football like math and science, you'll never be successful at it. It's, it's, it's because it's, there's other things to do. Now, what Bill Belichick has done, and, and I'll tell, and I, I'll, I agree to this, like, I think that he, and let's be honest, they haven't drafted well. They got lucky with Tom Brady in the yep. sixth round. Yep. And his competitiveness and his drive is what kind of pushed him overboard. They, for a while, remember, they only picked defensive players in the first round for a while because they're just trying to put a defense around them. Yep. Right? They've yep. they've never really drafted nope. a great offensive player they except still, for Gronk. Still can't draft a wide receiver. Yeah, right. So he you get lucky in certain situations, but what Bill does is he listened to the guys when he was a coach for the Giants, when he was a coach for the Browns, when he was uh a coach early in New England. He listened to the defenders and what, you know, he would give them like I would talk to Willie about it. They would they would coach everything to a T and then they say, well, this is, they, they would work their butts off and they'd be like, this is what this guy does wrong. Take advantage of it. And then you would try it as a player. I'm always going to try what you tell me to do. If it works, I'll keep doing it. If it doesn't work, I'm going to go to do what I, I'm going to do way. what I'm going to do it the way I, I think it may work. Right. Sure. And that's how you become successful. The problem is if you're a player, if, if I'm, a, if I'm coaching, right, I've coached little kids and I, I, it's, it's hard to get little kids to buy in. It's even hard to get grown men that are making millions of dollars to buy in. But with little kids, I just I'd say, hey, whoever gets a turnover, you get a a, a V bucks, right? Give them incentive. If you get a turnover, you get incentives, right? In the NFL, it's if you do the if you if you play a right the right way, if you make plays, uh, you get to the Pro Bowl. You get to these things. Well, if I have a coach that's not coaching me, that doesn't understand, uh, I gave you guys the example of when I was playing and um, I was running power down the A gap and. Uh, the tight end gets blown down. I have to jump outside. You never really want to bounce power outside. Uh, but in this situation, I had to because the whole A-gap got shut like two or three holes to the left, and I'm running to the right. So I jumped, and me and the, the coach got into it. And it was like he didn't understand why I did that. Right? It was like he didn't understand, like, well, I can see why you jumped outside because a guy crosses your face. He didn't understand that because – He'd never done that at the, at, the, at this level. And that's where our trust went right out the window. Because you never experienced something that I had to, that I had did, that happened to me. But the trust didn't go out the window because he hadn't done it. It's because he of did. how he approached you. And how, no, and it's, not, it's not how he approached how he didn't understand. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. Like if I tell, if I say like, if I'm teaching my son how to drive and I'm like, Hey bro, on yellow lights, slow down. Like pretty much stop. And oh, you slow down through yellow. I speed up through yellow. Exactly. That's why I do it. <laughs> but let's say, let's say, or let's say I tell him to speed up through yellow lights and he gets in an accident. Right. You think he's going to speed up through yellow lights Never anymore? Never again. Never Hell again. Right. right. And so it's a, it's a, it's a, you go on this leap, this, this blind of faith, this, uh, this leap of faith, right? You're going out there to say, Hey, I'm going to do what you tell me to do to try it. And if it works awesome, then we, our trust level grows. But if it doesn't work, our trust level falls. And that's why it's easier for a player, a guy who has played, to get that's, – that's why Steve Nash can coach Kevin Durant. You can't coach Kevin Durant. He's never seen you shoot before. Steve Nash, you know what? <laughs> he, like, he like, Steve Nash, you won MVP, bro. Like, you must and, know and, something. And you you know what? Right. Yeah. And not only that, we're gonna, we brought KD to Brooklyn. We're going to bring the coach that Steve – that helped – that was a consultant for you with the Warriors over here to coach you now. Like, so, so, you know the other funny part of that story? I don't know if a lot of people know. So KD rented a house on the Strand, which is on the mm-hmm. beach in Manhattan Beach. It was like silly price tag, you know, like 200, 200K a month or something, maybe more. And Steve Nash lived about five houses down. And I guarantee that's where that started. Yeah. This was several months ago, right, during COVID. You know, KD was down there with a couple of his buddies and um, – and I guarantee that's where that that whole idea yeah. blossomed. Was fascinating. Let, I want to ask you this: There's six. There's six jobs open. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your Jags. I think is the best job. Okay. Chargers, Jets, Texans, Falcons, Lions. Tell me why uh, a team that you played for, you had like 108 head coaches there. Huh. You guys only made the playoffs one time during your stellar career. Why you think Jacksonville? a team that many have said could eventually end up moving to London right. is the best job right now. When you have an LA team, mm-hmm. you have a New York team. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's, it's the B team in each city. You also have the Texans who have a top five quarterback. Right. The Falcons who have a tremendous owner right. and organizational structure. And the Detroit Lions who have been perennial losers, but also the potential there because Matthew Stafford is in place. Why do you think the Jags are the two, best one? Two things. Um, one, the pressure of winning right away is not there. The media market is not there for you to, like, say if you're in New York, right, and or if you're in L.A., there, you, there's an expectation when you go if you take the Chargers job right now. Because they, they have some players now. Right now. you you and, 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 and as a competitor, yeah, I'll take that challenge on. But as a team builder, as a culture builder, I'm going to need a little bit more time to get my, my team going, right? I think with the Jags, you have the, the draft capital, you have the money, which doesn't mean you have to spend it. Um, but you have a young enough locker room that you can go in there and really mold those guys to be what you want them to be, if, you, if, if whatever your, your vision is. Um, I think if you mix all that up together, so the, the, the young team, the draft capital, the uh, money and the pressure, the not the not having, you know, the day there was the New York time, the daily news, New York like, post, po- all you don't have. None of, you don't have none of that. You have none of that in Jacksonville. And, and the Jacksonville times union doesn't get you going. Oh, they do. Trust me. I, I, we've had our issues, <laughs> but it's not, it's not going to be as, as big as the other ones. Um, they have 81 million in cap space. Right. Yeah. They, I told they you get, they got a lot of, they got the most money. They're, they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence and 
the rumor is that they really want Urban Meyer, but yeah. Urban Meyer wants twelve million dollars a year. Yep. And I heard Urban Meyer may also want to be the Chargers head coach. So perhaps I heard he's, that too. He, perhaps yeah, I heard he's that using too. the the Jags job he as leverage. Be. Here's my question. Here's what Urban Meyer is. Urban Meyer is that CEO that you're talking about. Right. Urban Meyer has never been an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. He was a special teams coach and then a position coach and then got a head coaching job. He's never called plays. So that's he's good. perfect. No, exactly. So I don't want he's that. not this offensive savant that's been all the rage in the NFL with uh, the Matt LaFleurs. Draft that. You uh, the Zach recruit Taylors, that over to you. The Sean McVeighs. He's the CEO. So he's that kind of coach that you're talking about. He is a leader of men. But the, my thing is with this, and the, 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 there's two things I love about Urban Meyer. Um, there's two things I love about him, and then there's two things that I'm really concerned about. First thing is, he knows how to deal with players. He's been in different, what, Utah, Florida, Ohio State. If you look at his track record, Alex Smith was his quarterback. Like he's had, he's put out players everywhere he goes. Well, he right? cracked them out. Yeah, he can recruit them. He can get them in there. He understands how to handle them. Uh, you have some troubled guys. You'll he understands how to handle them. All those type of things. Uh, the second thing is, is he's a program builder. When he goes to places, they succeed while he's there. Quickly. Now when, when he they makes them yeah, better. But when he leaves. Like uh, Ohio well, State's the only one that's kind of that's the impact of, of a good yeah. coach. Well, that's the, leaves, that is that is the impact of a you're good leaving coach. Leaving it bare. My concern is this: you don't get to recruit yep. in the National Football League. You don't get the opportunity. And Pete Carroll, I read Pete Carroll's book. A one while of the ago. greatest lines he's ever said. I know exactly where he, you're going he, with he this. He doesn't. If I'm in the NFL, I only can draft one first rounder. In college, I can recruit 15 first rounders. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. So that's the that's one difference. And the other thing is this: a lot of times it takes a toll on Urban Meyer. Well, he's had health issues that his last it takes, two stops. It takes a toll on him, and he needs to have that second guy on that roster that can help yep. build him up, right? So, for me, those are the two things about Urban Meyer, um, which, I mean, it's very interesting to see him try to make that jump. Matt Rule made that jump. Uh, who else? It was easy for Rule to make it, though, when they paid him $9 million a year to it, leave college, it, it, it and he never done but, that. But, you know, they go 5 and 11. Yep. Right? I mean, so it helps. Like, oh. But we'll see how that goes. I mean, they're building something. They are. Culture, they're they're going to we'll have see to how it goes. change yep. quarterbacks um, here. Who? Panthers. Why? They're going to draft the quarterback. You think so? Oh, yeah. yeah that's he just what, gave Teddy 63. Um, Teddy will not be the quarterback there next year. That's another story. Let's let's focus on. Uh, oh, wow. The, I, the, I, I can't wait to hear that. The but other, anyways. The other thing with Jacksonville, I just want to say, they're, they're one of, of the six vacancies, they're one of four that does not have a current GM. So if you're going to bring in Urban. You bring, you, in, you bring in the GM Right, with and them, to yes. that point of that not needing to win, like, right away, right away, that's a but match that could be really made well. Yeah, it's not even that. Like, you bring in, like, any coach, really. Like I And I, I truly believe this. You should bring in the coach first and then the GM. Yep. Because the GM who who really it used to be the GM was the head coach was the assistant to the GM. It should be the other way around. Yep. Because the head coach is the one that has to handle those personalities and deal with the people you bring in. So it should be the head coach, similar to what the Niners did with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Right? You let John Lynch do all the stuff, but Kyle kind of runs everything. They they work it together, but Kyle's the one that makes the last decision. Um the next the next one, the Jets. Uh, I would say would be the next probably one that I would like to do. You, you put the Jets over the Chargers, huh? I would. I, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, you know going in that you have a general manager and what and, and you're going to make sure that you fit with him, right? Even though as I said the other way is better, but in this situation it's different. But you have a lot of opportunity there. You can trade Sam Darnold. To be honest with you, this is what if I was the Jets, this is what I would do. 
in the draft, regardless of head coach. I would draft a kid out of Oregon, and either he'd play right tackle. Panay Sewell. Yeah, and now I have two bookend guys. He is so good. He is. Think about so that. Good. Now you have two bookend guys to kind of protect whoever you want to put in that quarterback. I'm a true believer that you build around, you build your team first, and then you drop the quarterback in. Then putting the quarterback there and then trying to build around them because quarterbacks can get gun shy and uh, if they get hit too much, you start to see ghosts. So why I, I'd rather protect. Build so kind of like up. the the Seahawks model with Russell Wilson. Yeah, and Matt Flynn, right? Right. Let Matt Flynn, you know, or Matt Hasselbeck take all the hits. Hasselbeck, yeah, Flynn never then, played. That was the yeah, same year brought, they drafted but Russell. You brought him in to help. Um, I would say the Jets too because I think even though they're young, they have a lot of promise. Uh, I think that you can draft better. There, there's pretty much an empty cupboard. So you can bring in and be whatever you want to be in that situation. You, does that make sense? Yeah, I. I'd rather I'd rather have a blank canvas to paint with my masterpiece than have to pick like the Chargers or the Texans, and I have to mold. I have to like redo what Bill O'Brien did in Houston, and then try to make it mine because I have no. I have like. Well, there's a lot of money left in, in, for the Jets. They have $68 million in projected cap space. And to your point, I, I love the Texans because I think it starts at quarterback, and when you have Deshaun there, and he's going to have 10 more but great you have years. you have a defense. Well, true. And J.J.'s owed, owed a lot of money, and they're negative $16 million in terms of saying. cap space. Yeah. So there's a lot of work to be done there. But in terms of starting with a blank slate or a bare cupboard, can you say that when you do have a general manager in place? I like Joe Douglas. Yeah. But, but – that's not a blank slate. It, it, it is. It's, it's 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 more, like I said, the Jaguars are a complete blank slate. Right. The Jets are the next team that is more of a blank slate than the – and the reason I say that is because you can maneuver around with that. Like, you can move move pieces there. It's not less about the GM. It's more about, okay, what the are we going to do to the roster? How are we going to fix this roster? How are we going to – are we going to trade Sam Darnold? Are we going to keep him? Are we going to – like, whatever we got to do, you can – you have time to talk that through. If that makes yeah. sense. Um, it, let, me, let, let me ask you this. So if the Jets are your number two, wh where are the Chargers? You got Justin Herbert. I'm about, I'm, about to, I'm about to tell you. Okay. I'm about to tell you. So, again, this is me as a head coach uh, if I'm looking for a spot. Uh, from the Jets, I would probably go with either Detroit or who, who are the teams again? You said I got to remember. No problem. No problem. We got uh, the six team. You got Detroit. You got Atlanta. You got Houston. Jets, Chargers, Jags. Okay, so I would go Detroit next. And I'll tell Detroit you Detroit would be your number three? Would, would be my number Over three. Over the Chargers? Oh, yes. Oh I'm going to tell you why. God, you're I'm a nut. I'm gonna, no, I'm not. I'm going to tell you why. The Charger, or the Detroit Lions, depending on what system you want to run, they're built and ready to go. They're, they're built. Their defense now, is terrible. Well, as long as you don't play man-to-man -man all game, they may not be terrible. Right now, you're going to have to make some maneuvers on defense. They have pass rushers. They have linebackers. They, they have, don't have pass rushers. They have more than enough guys to get to the quarterback. No, they have. They're uh, Romeo Okwara is their the guy that was cut by the Giants is their sack leader. That's fine. You still have Flowers who can go. He can get to the passer. They, their defense has a lot of holes, MJ. They have a lot, but but offensively, you don't have any holes. Remember, you're that. about to have one. Who? You're gonna Stafford. You don't have to cut Stafford. Though. I know you don't have to, but if you're gonna be the if new I'm gonna if I'm gonna go with someone if I'm gonna go with a team, if I'm gonna go to a team like I get it. Herbert had a great rookie year, but guess what? Herbert has to learn a new system. We don't know how he's gonna be able to play in this new system. Matthew Stafford has learned multiple systems, and yet he still has the experience. That's why I put him there because you have more in place and you have some salary. You don't have like a big salary cap issue there. I think in Detroit, 
No, gets, Detroit Detroit has uh, 40 million in projected see, see what I'm saying? Like You can maneuver some stuff around and make it happen in Detroit. You can actually draft. You can almost do what Carolina did and draft all defense and free agency defense and change that defense and, and, and possibly. Now you're in a division where, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers, which sucks, but you still, Matthew Stafford is a very good quarterback in the National Football League. Sure. But if you're a new head coach and you're taking the Lions gig, how many more years do you think you have with Stafford? Well, let me give you this. You, more Stafford's than you would with a lot of these other dudes. Stafford's okay. 32. Oh, okay. yeah, you got at least five. He, okay. Now, he turns he turns 33 in February, but Aaron Rodgers is 37. That's right? what I'm so saying. So you could say, like, you got five more years with him, right? Yeah. Why yeah. not? You, you, it, if you really dive into Detroit, it's not as bad as it seemed. It wasn't really that bad before Patricia got there. Let's remember, they were winning consistently. They were they were kind of a five, nine and seven. Nine and yeah. seven but they were, like, right there, and Patricia right. was supposed to get him over the hump. Obviously, that didn't happen. So they're not that bad of a team. You can go in there and, and kind of get that thing up and going. And I'll tell you what else I like there. I like the fact that they hired Chris Bielman. You talk about yeah. former player, yep. he's been yeah. in the broadcast booth, uh, Lions legend. He has been hired. You're bringing back like, uh, what, what's the word? Like, um, it's like their lion lineage or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean, like you're yeah, bringing sure. guys that understand Detroit, the organization, the city. Like, yep. And so he can really portray that to the head coach and the next GM. Or He's going to be kind of that, that connection between that ownership and yeah. the, that's the what GM you need and the head coach. So yep. I think that's going to help him. I, okay, so where are the, where are the Falcons and Chargers and Listen, Texans? The Texans are dead last. I don't want no part of the Texans. Why? I have no money, and I have to pay old players. As much as I love Deshaun Watson, who's going to catch the ball for him next year? Well, Fuller, Fuller, you got to resign Fuller. How? Find a way. How? We have Brandon negative, Cooks. We, we have already negative, under contract. We have negative. Will Fuller's not under contract. No, it's, I said Brandon Cooks already. Oh, so that's one guy. Who else? You got to figure out a way to resign Fuller. How? You, you're negative 16 in and the And you're going to have to go to J.J. Watt and you're going to say, look, dude. You're going to have to cut J.J. Watt or you're going to have to let him go. J.J.'s not going to be a – J.J.'s going to be a stealer next year. But that's what I'm trying to – like, think about that. That would be gnarly. That's what's going to happen. Think about that. Like, that is the toughest spot for a head coach. As good as the Deshaun is, he has no one to throw to. So you're going to have to you're gonna have to draft him. But guess what? We have no draft picks in the first two rounds. Right? So – what are we doing? They could have had the third overall third thing. Man, Billy O left them hanging. What, so, so, so that's what, okay. So let me get to it. I would then say Atlanta's next, and this is why I would say Atlanta. And it's, it's I think both the Chargers and Atlanta are good, but the ownership is the difference between the Chargers and Atlanta. Arthur Blank versus oh. Arthur Spanos. Blank. First and foremost, I love Arthur Blank I so too. much. He is the best dude I've ever met in my life. Uh, every Super Bowl, we sit down and have a conversation. Uh, I actually tried to buy some ownership in the Falcons because I heard Ward Dunn did it. And uh, he was like, come on, let, let's talk it out. We were still, I haven't like talked to him in a couple of years. That was a couple of years ago. But, um, <laughs> Get a little peace. Yeah, why not? Like, but the thing is, is like, he's a great dude and he understands. He understands not only the team, the players, he's willing to talk to the players, listen to the players. He's willing to listen to. Uh, the other coaches, the people in the queue. Like, he is awesome. And by the way, he gave Dan Quinn a long time. Oh, yeah. And that is the key. That's the key with the Jaguars and the Falcons. And the Jags have a history of doing the same. They give you all the time in the world to try to get everything you need to get done. Dan Quinn went to the Super Bowl. All right? Yep. Because of that. That's why I think, and Atlanta still has, you still, I mean, Julio's aging, which is fine, but they still have a great offense. They have a ton of offensive pieces, and they have a ton of defensive pieces. You just got to come in there, flip the scheme up a little bit. See, Matt Ryan, to me, is not Matthew Stafford. Now, he's turning 36 um, 
But that's, we can still draft a quarterback in next, not this year, but next year, and have Matt Ryan and keep play. Matt Ryan around for another yeah. year or two, and let him groom him. You see what I'm saying? You still have that. You could draft. You have to draft a running back. And, and I think that's a lost art, by the way. That just doesn't happen anymore. No, but you should. I mean, yeah. that's why Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He learned from Alex Smith. So, so you said the Texans would be your last. The Chargers, the Jags are, would be your first, yeah. and the Chargers would be next to last. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you why. Um, I love when you say I'm gonna tell you why. The, 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 uh, yeah, I know you that's know. such a that that that's that's you know they teach that oh, yeah. to all, especially analysts. Here's what I think, and I'm going to tell you why. And I like that you right. apply that. You're Thank a you. good student. I try to be. Um, you have a ton of talent on that roster. Chargers, we're talking Chargers, about. Chargers, ton of talent all over the place. Two things: they always hurt every year. Everyone it's gets pretty hurt. incredible. It's like I've never. I don't and know. Anthony what Lynn is. must be like. I'm. I have the worst luck of any coach. In it's the not because before him, they were always hurt. Then, like <laughs> it's all the the Chargers are always hurt. But the thing is, you have a great young quarterback, but he has to learn another system again, and that is going to be the the key. Like that's like oh, like I don't know. And he's smart. Don't get me wrong. He has to learn another system. You're not going to have much time because the owners believe that you can win now. Right, the owners believe in the in 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 the AFC West that they're they're competing. They have a chance to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs, and so that means you got to go on right now, and you have to have a you have to draft to win today, not to win down the road, not to build a culture. You have to go in there to win now, and that is one of the toughest things to do as a coach. But if if that team is fully healthy, but, but which they, it, they never I, have been. No, I I've I never seen I've never seen the chart. Well, Derwin Dur- James it, not. I mean, yeah. he can't miss another season, no. right? Like that that's that's not going to happen. Right. Like. But assuming, like, you are right. How about Bosa? Bosa's been hurt a ton. Bosa's been hurt a ton. But let's just say you start next year, you're healthy. It's a 10-win football team. I mean, they're, I don't know. They're they're built, even though you're saying they're built. We saw it a couple years ago. Yeah. When healthy. I mean, they went in, when when healthy, to your point, when healthy, this is a team that can go in on a primetime matchup to Kansas City with Mahomes and beat them. Let me let me ask you this too, because I think ownership is. I I think there are two things. If if I'm looking for a job, I'm looking at what's the situation at quarterback. Actually, I'm looking at three things. What's our salary cap situation, mm-hmm. and what's the ownership? What's, what's the Chargers salary cap situation? They're they paid everybody. Projected right now, twenty nine million. Just about under twenty nine million under the cap. Okay. So they're so they're okay. But let let me ask you this though. Does it matter to you if you're a head coach or a player that you are? A city's second team, meaning no. like you are the Clippers to the Lakers. So you're the Jets or Why? you're the Chargers. Does that do you care at all? No, because you could change that if you win. I don't know. You can. You can change it. You gotta remember every year, if you're in New York City, hundreds of thousands of people are born every year. <laughs> hundreds of thousands. You feel me? Like so you can, you can change you can make them Jets fans? You can change Everyone, if you win, if you well, a lot a, of it in New York is where where you live. I'm just gonna say, as an as a native Angelino, I don't care if the Clippers win seven times in a row; they'll never be they'll never you, be the Lakers. But if someone is 12 years old or 10 years old or yep. eight years old, and the Clippers win seven years in a row, and then their dad I shows them that you. they also won 17. Hey, by before the way, but MJD, we saw that. I I moved out here seven years ago, and until LeBron got here. The Lakers went five straight years and didn't make the playoffs. They sucked. Yeah. And, and you know, still Kobe Laker was still town. playing. It was the back end of Kobe's career. And the Clippers were Lob City, man. They had and they're, DeAndre Jordan. They may not have Chris been as Paul. good. They may not have been as Blake good Griffin. as the Lakers, like fan wise, mm-hmm. but their fan base's Clippers grew. It did grow. No, sure. I, I, it I grew. You that. It and grew. that's all that matters. Where to get them. Okay. So as a player, I just was curious because the Chargers are yeah. 
the clear number two. Yep. And when there are fans but, in the stadium but, next year, the Chargers are going to have trouble filling up but, that but, stadium. But understand this too. Like, remember, the Chargers came from San Diego up here. Um, the Rams were here first, left, and came back. That's so they true. already had a fan. Built they already had a base. built-in fan Fair. base. That's true. Fair statement. So, for years. For yeah, years for years. So, years. so that doesn't, like, that's no that's not a, a fair deal. Like I said, the biggest thing for me is ownership with the, with the Chargers. That's true. Because what? I don't know... Well, I don't know what more you want. Here, here, here's the thing with ownership of the Chargers, and this is why it's so important um, to everybody listening out there, because some owners spend and some owners don't. Ooh. There is a huge delta between the best owners in football and the cheapest owners in football. And you can actually just go look at the balance sheet and look at the net worth, and that's what it comes down to. I mean, it, re- it really is in terms yep. of the best guys and the worst guys. I'll, I'll, and I'll and sp- you- sp- the Spanos family... <clears throat> as NFL owners fall into the cheaper category. That's just how they have been and how they have operated. I'll say this. I was with the Raiders my last year, and I saw that the Raiders at that point, they, they were the one, they're probably the cheapest uh, team. Um, and I saw it. You saw it every day. I remember being in that building, um, seeing you know the people from San Antonio come in, trying to recruit the Raiders from Oakland to San Antonio, seeing the people from Vegas, all those things come in. The Raiders moved to Vegas. Now, all of a sudden, they're one of the top-tier teams. He has money now. All of a sudden, you, you got a stadium. You got a new facility. Everything is top of the line. Like, that's what you need. Like, right. it's, you need – you and, and this is going to sound crazy, but as an as an NFL owner, it's about making your players – giving your players everything they need to be successful. Everything from money to the, the way the facility looks. It, it becomes like college, right? If you look at college – the reason that LSU and the SEC are always at the top, look at their facilities. They spend money to make sure their players get the best of everything. You know why the pack isn't where they are? Because they don't spend money no, to they, make sure the players get the best of everything. There's plenty of up. there's plenty of places to go play that are great weather, great landscape in the Pac-12, right? You can go to LA, oh. you can go to the Bay Area, you can go all over. Why do people continually want to go to Eugene, Oregon? Eugene Nike Nike, because those that facility when that garage door opens up and you see that locker room as a as a 17 year old you're like where's the sign up this is the thing though and people think because he he thinks that way at 17 that he's not gonna think that way at 30 everybody wants nice things of course but in, in the NFL, it's different because I feel like a lot of times in the NFL, it's just about who's going to pay me the most money. There are guys really. that sign new deals and don't even visit the facility. Some people do that. Some, I mean, again, you're, I mean, you're in the NFL, you're trying to make it happen. But uh, if you're, let's say, if you're like, a, if if you're like a quarterback, yep, right. When you become, um, when you get drafted to be the franchise, when you get, if you're in free agency, like Drew Brees, for example, Drew Brees is a great example. You could have went to Miami, or you could have went to New Orleans. And at the time, Miami was all over the place. Remember that? Miami right. was everywhere. And New Orleans was down. And that was when Nick Saban was at yeah. Miami yep. trying yeah. to build something. Yeah. New Orleans was down. But what Drew Brees saw in New Orleans was that, okay, I got this new young head coach. They have a lot of money. They well, get, don't get the story twisted. Miami passed on him because they weren't sold on his shoulder. Like, that's why he No, that's no why he question. But yeah. he went to a situation that was. He saw what was, what what was, was there. What, what, sure. could have, what, what could become. And that is, you know, you would, you could have probably made all the money. I mean, let's be honest. If you're in Miami, you're you're in great weather, no state tax. You make all the money in Miami. Like I don't know New Orleans state tax situation, but I know it's not Florida, right? Nope. So, 
you you if you, if it's all about money, you're always going. Florida should have all the great teams. All of them. Florida should be all like amazing, but that but it's not how it is sometimes, and it's about you know what you see as a player and how you feel. So uh, I think like again, that's why I have it. I have Jags, Jets, Detroit, Atlanta, Chargers, Houston. Okay. And interesting. You know, yeah. it, it just it just again it's it's more it's less about if I'm if as a head coach and and I'll say this, it's about building a culture. Managing expectations and personalities, and being able to relate to everybody in that building. You have to be able to relate to the to the janitor yep. the same way you relate to the owner. You have uh, to be able to relate to the the fifty third guy on the roster mm-hmm. the same way you got to relate to Deshaun Watson. And for our younger viewers out there, when the Dolphins passed on Drew Brees, they decided to select Dante Culpepper as the quarterback instead of Drew Brees for the Dolphins. Yeah, Dante came over uh, from His the own agent. I believe he also uh, acted as his own agent. Did he really? Yeah. He might have Co- been. Cole yeah. Pepper was a guy who... Uh, One of the first ones to do that. Right? He yeah, had some nice years. He did. Uh, not, not in Miami. Uh, former Pac-10, 12, superstar Steven Jackson also used to... Yeah. Uh, but, but that's what... You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And so it, yep. it, it makes... It really makes... It makes a lot like you have to build something. I think what Flores is doing in Miami... Oh, yeah. Huge. But remember this. He took only took that job because they gave him time to build it his way. It's true, and he they were criticized oh, for trading away time. a lot of pieces. Yep. Oh, they traded um, away. Every, I mean, the reason the reason they got the number three overall pick right now is because they traded away arguably the best the, yeah, the best Tussle. young left tackle in the game. Two ones, and, and they'll it, probably go get the guy from Oregon now. They, to be honest with you, they absolutely could, especially if the Jets decided to go take uh, fields. take fields. Yeah. Hell that yeah. would be, be a nice pickup for them. By the way, those Jaguars, you want to talk about incentive this year? They have multiple draft picks in every round except for round three and six. So they got multiples in one, two, four, five, and seven. There's a lot of draft capital yep. there. And if I'm, if I'm Urban Meyer, you know, yes, L.A. is a desirable place to live, but that makes a ton of sense. I mean, he lived yep. just up the road in Gainesville. Yep. Gainesville is what, an hour and, and a half? half? Yeah, I'm, I'm far. It's just an easy – like, Jacksonville is an easy place – to get by mm-hmm. and you are it depends on what you're looking for sure right like if you're the head coach of the jags you could be the king of that town yep. if you're the head coach of the chargers you're, you're just, just another, another guy. dude yep and maybe that's what you want i don't know i don't know I, I don't think at this point that that aspect of it really matters to urban meyer um and to be honest i, I wonder how much the money aspect really even matters to urban meyer I, I, of course you want to get as much as you can sure. get but so, uh, is have, eight you, million seen the, have tw- you seen the kobe commercial no, the one with uh with him and Kanye, and he was like, "How much?" He was like, "How much? Like, what? What? What else do I have to do? More." Yeah. <laughs> I did. That's right. I did right. See that. Yep. How much more? How much money? More. Yep. If everyone in the always go for more money. No, I I get you it. know that, but you you want the best situation too. All right, let's talk games, man. Yeah. Um. Well, we've gone deep. We I are, love it, man. Uh, we are over an hour into this pod. Hey. We haven't even talked playoff football yet. G- giving the fans what they want. Knowledge. Man, listen, you have Red Monday. Right, we're all we don't call it Black Monday because right. Game of Thrones is called Red Monday. That's right. Okay. That's what guys was getting. The Red Wedding was arguably right. one of the greatest episodes ever. Of Game of Have Thrones. Have we done away with Black Monday? Yeah, I'm done away yeah. with it. It makes okay. no sense. Right. But Red you Monday, just call it Red Wedding. Just, yeah, the, just, yeah, because everybody's gone. Right. Here's Bubar with a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks, Dan. Greens Plus is a health food leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse green superfoods into a bar. Greens Plus bars and powders are incredibly tasty. They're the most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get the nutritional insurance that your body deserves. 
It's all from organic, gluten-free, premium green superfoods. It's available at Whole Foods, Amazon, or greensplus.com with free shipping. You can get 20% off using the promo code HELI. I know that Dan absolutely loves the chocolate protein bar and the wild berry superfood powder. So do yourself a favor and go grab some today. Vaco. At Vaco, the motto is we invest in your career, so you are here for the duration of ours. Vaco is a premier talent and solutions firm that provides boutique-level service with global reach in the areas of consulting, consultative project resources, executive search, permanent placement, and strategic staffing. You need somebody to fill a position, Vaco has you covered. Their areas of expertise are aplenty. Accounting, finance, technology, healthcare IT, operations, administration, or international managed services. Since its founding in 2002, Vaco has grown to serve over 40 markets across the globe, 1,000 employees, 5,000 consultants, and $750 million in revenue. At Vaco, they do it right. Check them out at Vaco.com for more information on how Vaco connects people to their dream jobs and helps leading companies find talent to grow their businesses. Heli's been taking this stuff called True Niagen for a couple months now, and he loves it. You should too. It's a new trend in the scientific community which surrounds the health of our cells. And this affects all of us, from pro athletes to weekend warriors. We have something in our cells called NAD, which supports our energy and our body's ability to repair itself all the way down to the cellular level. Well, it turns out that NAD declines as we age. It also declines when we over-exercise, don't sleep enough, and even when we are exposed to a virus. There's only one NAD booster that is backed by Nobel Prize winning scientists, 10 published human studies, and regulatory approvals for safety, and that is true niogen. Additionally, True Niagen is NSF certified for sport. Visit TrueNiagen.com to learn more. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com. Super wildcard weekend, dude. I know, it's crazy. I mean, super. It's great. You got six. How about this, guys? You'll love this. So I'm going to Arizona this weekend because my kids are playing in a lacrosse tournament. Nice. And my son's games on Saturday are... One, three, and six. Oh, you're definitely missing oh. out. Oh, this is perfect. Oh. I'm going to have to watch on my iPhone yep. from the field and tape every game and then go back and watch it on Game Pass when yep. I get back. Yep. I mean, get, hey. I mean gotta, you got to go support the kiddos. Hey, that's the life. Yeah, I, got, I have Sunday. I have a Sunday seven-on-seven seven tournament. Um, Fresno. In Fresno, yeah. So. All right, let's roll with these, men. Saturday, we have three games. Uh, Colts at the Bills. Bills favored by right around touchdown. Um, that's a lot. It is a lot. They're, they're going to be 6,700 fans there. First time they've had fans in the, in the stands there. Um, it, the Bills are just rolling right now, man. Since losing to the Chiefs week six, they have just dominated. Their only loss was that Hail Mary loss in Arizona. Mm-hmm. They're the number one scoring team in football. Stephon Diggs has been everything they hoped he would be and more. The major concern for me would be, you got to keep Jonathan Taylor in check, right? The, well, hold they're, on. They're run- Let's talk about Stephon Diggs. He's the, he was what? The leading receiver in yards and, and, receptions. and receptions this yeah. year? And here's what I love about him going into this game. He has playoff experience. He's done it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. See, Minneapolis miracle. Right. So, Steph's a dog, man. He, he's exactly what they need. I, the defense needs to do their job. I think they will. Um, I, I like the Bills here by... A decent amount. 30 to 21 is, oh. is what I'm going with with the Bills. 
That's a lot. I think um, Philip Rivers is going to turn the ball over a couple of times. I, and that's the game. one. This is the thing. If the Colts, uh, first and foremost, the Buffalo Bills are rolling. And to, to, to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, shellac the Dolphins <laughs> like that. And where the Dolphins, you don't need to win, but the Dolphins need to. And you just smack them up and down the field like that. What, they scored 56 or something crazy like that? Uh, yeah, 56. Like, that is that is a team that is on a mission. Um, the Colts, the, the, the way the Colts are going to win is two things. Running the ball. Jonathan Allen, like you said, 253 yards against my Jags, which is crazy. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, excuse Sorry. me. Um, Jonathan Taylor has to run the way he's running because it's tough to tackle cold, big mm-hmm. backs in the cold. It's, it's always going to be that way. And it comes down to Phillip Rivers not turning. Their defense, because they, they actually play the same defense. That's what people don't know. The Buffalo Bills and Indianapolis Colts are the cover two defense. That's what they're going to play. They all they do, they, they play it the exact same way. So you're going to practice against a defense that you've been practicing against all the training camp. It's the same defense. There's nothing different there. I, I think the, the personnel is a little bit different with DeForest Buckner. But if the Colts can run the ball and play action pass, I think they have an opportunity. The key is for the Colts defense, you can't let Josh Allen get out of the pocket. Well, so, yes, and that's – I had the same nugget in there. I think because of DeForest Buckner, this guy's been unbelievable this year, it's going to be tough for the Bills to run. And that's the Bills where, don't, but the Bills don't run. I that. know, but they're not going to be able to really establish a run that's a, a running game that's a threat, right? And that's where Josh Allen can help. But 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 if you don't allow him to get out of the pocket, and you force him to stay in that pocket and have to throw, even though he's done a really good job with that, if you have your better chances of winning that than him rolling out to his right, because when he rolls out to his right, he always finds someone. Now when he rolls out to his left, it's a little bit different. He he struggles a little bit more there. If he rolls to that right. It, you might as well go ahead and count as a completion because for some reason Stephon Diggs finds a way to get open and they're just like Every time. pitch and catch, right? So uh, I'm going to say the, take the Bills in this one too just because I think they're the hottest team in the National Football League right now. Yep. They're playing the best football, uh, but I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, just, uh, just a little side note, when you guys are talking about Rivers turning the ball over, so Rivers in seven games this season did not have an interception, okay? Seven games. Okay. You want to take a guess as to what Seven their record is without him throwing a pick? Seven and zero. Seven and zero. That is correct. So, you are you are right in talking about him turning the ball over and controlling it, and then of course your your idea on letting JT, letting Jonathan Taylor just try and run him over. Uh, but yeah, they are seven and zero in games when Rivers does not throw a pick. So that's going to be a huge deal. That's it. Uh, Rams and Seahawks. Oh, you know what? Rams. Okay. Listen, before we go, I'm going to take the Rams. And that's sure? what I do, and that's why I took them last week. I'm always going to take the Rams. Um, I'm going to let you go, and then I'll tell you why. I no, want I want to hear you first. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> if you watch that game where Russell Wilson played, you know, his probably his best game against the Rams. Uh, you had on here, he didn't turn the ball over and all that stuff. This was the, this was the week, week 16. 16. Yeah. Um, the Rams dominated that game. Start to finish. Just dominated them. They just put, didn't put the ball in the paint, right? You had two red zone touch, uh, trips where Jared threw an interception. You got stopped on the fourth and goal. Um, your defense literally – shut down uh, everything the Seahawks did. Now, this is my thing. When <clears throat> you play that type of way and you lose, well, I think what was the score again? It was like 20 in the, to – In that week 16 yeah. game, it was uh, – the Seahawks beat them 20 to 9. And to your point, the Rams had more first downs. The Rams had more total yards. They had more offensive plays. They had more rushing yards. They had more passing yards. Yeah, and you know what the key was? The turnovers. Turnovers. That was it. That was it. That's what I'm saying. It was the turnovers. Yep. It was it was two things that happened in that game that really changed. It was a turnover. It was three things: the turnovers from Jared Goff, not scoring in your red zone, kicking field goals, or scoring points because the game would have changed uh, if you don't if you kick a field goal instead of fourth and goal instead of going for it. Um, 
And the last thing was they let Russell Wilson out of the pocket on one drive. Literally, one drive, they let him out of the pocket three times. The first time he rolls out, throws a deep pass down to David Moore. The second time he rolls out, throws a short pass to uh, Carlos Hyde. And the third time he rushes in for a touchdown. Those are the three times they, they did that all game, and he went down and made him, uh, that's, that's, made him panic right? that's or made in, him pay. That's so, incredible. David Moore had, a four, had the 45-yard reception. Carlos Hyde had the 18-yard reception on that drive. And Russell Wilson set himself up with the four-yard oh, yeah. touchdown run. And so – that's what I'm trying to tell you. They learn from their mistakes. Yep. And it wasn't like, if you're going to beat a team, you have to dub The Rams played better. Period. They played flat out better than them. It was, they made crucial mistakes and the Seahawks, uh, the Seahawks capitalized on it. Now, this is the thing. Jared Goff is hurt. Thumb surgery. Can he throw? Can he play? Right? It's going to be probably rainy and cold up there. Like, it's just Seattle. That's what it is. And if you know anything about coming back from injury, cold for oh. a broken limb. Is the worst. Broken digit is the worst. Yeah, that's not good. But I think Cam Akers being back <laughs> makes a big difference. He's a he's a super threat out of the backfield. If you saw John Wolford throw go balls to him on a safety, mm-hmm. right? right? Like they they don't care. Like he is a, he is the ultimate weapon. Having him back is huge. And I think getting Cooper Cup back is going to be huge. And you know Cooper Cup got a week off pretty much. Oh, you're starting to change my mind. No, no, I, bit, I, I want you to, I want you to do, but I want you to take them because I'm just telling you this from a person that's called the game and I've seen them play the Seahawks a ton. It's going to be a good game, but the Rams match up so well against them. Right. That, and I, I I'm going to say this on, on here because I don't, I don't know. I, I want to, I'm always going to tell people this. I always tell people the truth. If I'm any team in the NFC, I am terrified, terrified of the Rams because if you get a Jared Goff that plays like Eli Manning in the playoffs, Oh, you're in trouble because that's all they're missing is Jared Goff to just get hot. If he gets hot, they match up well against every team in the in the. In the he hasn't the, been very hot this year. He hasn't, but Eli wasn't very hot either when he won his first Super Bowl. Remember that? That's true. He wasn't. He wasn't very hot when they won the second Super Bowl. You <laughs> see what I'm saying? <laughs> but he, he heated up at the right time. He, he got hot at the right time. Can Jared Goff do it? If he can do it and not turn the ball over, to be honest, if the Rams just don't turn the ball over offensively, they'll beat everybody. Here's what I would be worried about if I'm if I'm the Rams, and it's it's Russell. They're going to take DK Metcalf away. Always do that. Uh, he averaged this season against Jalen Ramsey and the Rams four catches for forty three yards. Right, this is one of the best receivers in football, and he's get he, he might gets, as well not even suit up. He gets shut down. Me. He gets shut down. Right, Jalen Ramsey's that dude. But Russell operates as well under duress as any quarterback we have ever seen this season. He has eighteen touchdown passes under duress. That's six more than any other quarterback, not this season, but in the last decade. Well, real quick, how many sacks did you – you know, He's the Rams been sacked had, 47 times. But the Rams had five sacks in that game too. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, when I tell you they dominated that game from start to finish, they dominated that game from start to finish. But that's what worries me is if you're the Rams, they still lost but because Russell, Russell played mistake-free football. Right. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, yes and no. Like, yes, you're right, he played mistake-free football – and the Rams still did all that they wanted. They, their quarterback made mistakes. Okay. All right. So you're going, you're going Rams I'm here. I'm going Rams. I'm going Seahawks 27-24. Mm-hmm. Bucks at Washington. It was a great game. Um, I hope it's a great game. It's a great game. I don't know if it's going to be a great game. I hope it's a great game. Mike Evans, uh, my guess is this dude is going to play. The injury, um, not as serious as a look. It was a hyperextended knee. He was running the pool yesterday. He should be good. They are missing Devin White. Uh, who's the heart and soul of that defense? Mm-hmm. 140 tackles, nine sacks. He was on the COVID list uh, last Friday. He's not going to be ready. Um, 
they don't play well in prime time, the Bucks. No. The, the last one they played against the Saints, they scored three points. Well, that, Does that I mean, matter? It's it's the Saints. It's it's, it's all about – it's less about prime okay. time. It's more about the, the matchup, I think. And, and real quick, let me tell you why important – why missing Devin White is important because I know you have other nuggets. The, the the Washington football team, they throw to their running backs more than any team oh, yeah. in the National Football League. And Devin White is one of the top cover middle linebackers in the game. You're going to have to run around and chase Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick all game long. Alex Smith is and, – and, and they said it on the thing. Alex Smith is going to get the ball out in 2.5 seconds. Yep. Every time. Can your – whoever this guy, whoever's going to be the, the new linebacker to cover, whoever that is, if it's Levante David or if it's someone new – can they run around and chase these dudes all around the yard for 60 minutes? And when you say a lot, I mean, th- there are games when McKissick's been targeted 14 times. Yep. Oh, dude. I'm talking about 20, like like a receiver. And yep. that's what McKissick is. He is a receiver yep. out of college, but they, they, they changed him to a running back. He's going he's gonna to run all around. The, they're going to get the ball to him in so many ways. Your linebacker has to, be, has to be able to cover. And especially when it's Alex Smith back at quarterback versus yeah. anybody else. I wish Alex, I Alex, Alex loves. Smith. I might have had 1,000 receptions. Alex is a check down king. I love that. So here's what I'm, here's what I'm worried about. Everybody's going to talk about the Washington defense, rightfully so. And as most people know who are listening to this, I'm a Washington, D.C. native. I'm a huge fan of the Washington football team. Um, but I don't think this is going to be about Washington's defense. I think this is going to be about Tampa's defense. Right. And let's not forget about that defensive front. JPP, Ndamukong Sue, William Golston. You're going to have Levante David coming in from that linebacker spot and putting pressure on the quarterback occasionally. They're good. And this Washington offense only averages 20 points per game. I don't think that's going to be enough to keep up with Brady and the Bucks offensively. Because of that, as much as it breaks my heart to do, I'm going Tampa Bay here by a touchdown, 28-21. Wow, that's a, I, I would say it's going to be close to that. I'm going to take Tampa just because I, I think uh, there's still concerns about Alex Smith's uh, calf. Uh, there's reports out right now that they may like rotate him in and out of games, which would be bananas to me. But if that's what they do, then I, I, I mean, you, you got to do what you got to do for your healthy, the health of your quarterback. Um, but uh, I'm gonna take the Bucks as well, just because there's so much uncertainty right now with uh, the with the quarterback the situation. Yeah, it's just too much. Yeah, so they they are considering that rotation um, you know, with with Taylor Heineke because he can just who Taylor. You know, you know, we talk about those Al players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old yeah, Dominion's he, uh, finest. Rivera, Rivera said that Rivera said that this morning. He said that they have to consider rotating Smith and Heineke against Tampa. Quote, it's something we seriously have to look at. I don't That's know that I love a rotation. Like nope. if you're gonna go Taylor Heineke, who by the way has a decent amount of experience yep. in this offense. It don't matter, man. But just on that it's same the playoffs. point. You better go with someone with playoff experience. Yeah. On that same point, Rivera said he's making it clear that he's not saying that they will rotate quarterbacks, but that the team will consider it based on maybe he's uh, just based maybe on Alex's health. Maybe he's giving him something to think about, <laughs> hey, man, something to game plan Alex, for. Look, Alex Smith, we saw it before with when it was Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith. Alex Smith needs uh he is if he can stay healthy, the Washington football team is a different beast. Yeah. Than when he's not out there, Rivera's just trying to pull a Doug Peterson. He's just trying to figure out which quarterback, <laughs> no, at what time he's going to do something. And then wait, real quick, kudos to to uh, Ron Rivera too. In week two, oh, hell yeah. or week three, or week four, whenever we were having our podcast, said we still have a chance to win this division. And yep. I was like, "You're crazy." I thought he was crazy too. 
I'll be honest with you. I, I do too. <laughs> he's, Listen, a, he's a visionary. He's awesome. You say this about Alex Smith. I've talked about what a great story it is coming back from the leg injury that was a life-threatening uh, injury, 17 surgeries. He's 5-1 and one yeah. as the starting quarterback in Washington yep. this year. Yep. Why do you think they paid him all that money a I couple mean, years ago? he just wins ballgames. Yep. And I, I know it's not sexy, and I know he dumps it off a lot, but he just makes the right decisions. And you all talk about that position. That's as important as anything else you do. Yeah. Far more important than arm strength. Yeah. Make the right decision. Don't turn the ball over. 5-1 and one as the starting quarterback for Washington this year. All right, so you're – I'm taking you, Tampa. You're taking Tampa. You just think it's going to be closer. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the Sunday games. Real quick, before yeah. we even say that, I have to say this. This game we're about to talk about, this is all about revenge. Yeah, this is the this one is I want to hear. This is all about disrespect. It's the one it, I want to hear there is, there is so much that is in this game that, like, with the Titans breaking it down on the logo and then winning the game in overtime against the Ravens, knocking them out of the playoffs last year, Lamar talking about they overlooked them. This is pure revenge. And before we even dive into it, I'm picking the Ravens because it is a revenge game. Period, point blank. The Baltimore Ravens are, and I'll tell you again, I'll tell you why after this, but revenge is my is my number one topic in this one. That's great. Uh, confidence is my number one topic in this right. one because Tennessee has the confidence knowing that they have gone into Baltimore and beaten the Ravens before. This is going to be in Nashville. Right, different. I don't think home field advantage uh, is as big as it once was, but it still matters. It still matters playing in your home stadium. And... You're going to see a ton of points. Tennessee over their last seven games averaging 34 points per game. Baltimore over the last five, all wins, by the way, 37 points yeah, who, per game. Who's hotter? That's the question. Baltimore's hotter. Yes. But they're also going to get punched right in the mouth Yeah, but they're going to with make, a fist named Derrick Henry. I, they will. No question they will. But I think Baltimore during that time early in the season, they were struggling with their identity. They struggled. They didn't know what they wanted to be. For some reason, they they felt like they they were Patrick Mahomes and they were throwing the ball around the yard early in the season. Since that Cleveland game, they have or no, not the Cleveland game, the Cowboys game, right? It was after who they lose and they lost it. They lost it. It was since the Pittsburgh Steelers game where they lost with RG three and they almost beat him in Pittsburgh. Right. And RG they had rushed for like 180 yards or something like that, and they were like, "Oh, this is how we're going to win games." Since that point, I want to say they almost rushed for 200 yards a game since that, every game after, like, since then. In fact, if I can actually just make uh, a little statement here on this Ravens. So the Ravens in this last game uh, over Cincinnati, they ran for a franchise record 404 yards on Sunday. The fourth highest single game total since 1950. That's 1950. Uh, Included in that... J.K. I just have to say this for our man here. Dobbins recorded a rushing touchdown in six consecutive games now, week 11 and then 13 through 17, tied for the third longest such streak by a rookie running back in the Super Bowl era. Only our very own Maurice Jones-Drew in eight games in 2006 had a longer streak. Look at your blushing. I I am. I I got a little goosebumps now. I'm sorry. It it, it must be said. But this is what I'm saying, though. And and this – it's think about – well, okay, so this okay, so let me break it down for you. I think the Tennessee Titans offensively are, are phenomenal. They do a great job of running the ball, but they're very similar to the Baltimore Ravens. If they get a lead, all of a sudden they're not the best team. Look what the Green Bay Packers did to them, right? Um, this is a matchup that I love because you have it on here. It's a team. Both teams want to run the ball. Mm-hmm. The one, the X factor, and he throws it up every now and then, is Des Bryant. And I'm going to tell you why. Des Bryant? When they get in the red zone, who do teams try to stop if you're the Baltimore Ravens? 
Well, Mark Andrews. Exactly. So you yes. gave him a second option who is, is just he, a, is is he a legit second option? He's going to get single covered. Can can he get open? He doesn't have to. He's a big body. You just throw the ball up to him. He's not Hollywood Brown. He's not a small guy, right? Right. Look at Dez. Look at Dez's whole career. He's never been a guy that gets open. He's never been a route runner. He's a big body uh muscle you go get the ball guy. Right, he's, right. he's not going to route you up, and he's not going to be. He's going to be physical with you, and in the red zone, that's what you need. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I want to say it was a stat I saw. It, he hasn't thrown an interception. He has like over forty passing touchdowns and over fifteen rushing touchdowns in the red zone with no turnovers. Um, that is going to be the key to this game: is can Baltimore continue to establish their running game? Um, and Again, you said 400 yards in the yeah. last one. Derrick Henry rushed for two, 250 to get 2,000. This is going to be all smash-mouth football. Here's the key to me. Whoever gets up first, the Titans can operate from behind. We've seen that before. Baltimore does not operate well from behind. They didn't operate well against the Packers from behind? Well, yeah, that was that was an aberration. They were playing in the snow. <laughs> they didn't play well that game. They got their, okay. they got, they, okay. they, they, they But got that's what I'm saying. Baltimore has played well literally since the, the Pittsburgh They're Shield a hotter game. They team right now. I'm, I'm, wor- I'm worried about this game. And it's revenge. That's what I keep telling you. Like, Remember, it was so much. Remember, John Harbaugh and Malcolm Butler were going at it, and then Vrabel came out there, and they were talking you know, trash to each yep, other, yep. and they didn't shake hands after the yep. game. Like, This is one of them ones where like, it's like that dude that was like talking crazy when all his buddies were fighting, and now all of a sudden <laughs> you run into that group again, and your buddies ain't around. Like, you don't have to see these dudes. That's why I think Baltimore is going to be – it's going to be a different Baltimore team. And they'll be healthier defensively. They'll get all their guys – they should be have all their guys back defensively out there making plays. But go ahead. So you're going Baltimore. I'm going Baltimore, yeah. All right. I'm going Titans by a point, Mm. 28-27. I just think they're going to go up early. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run play action to perfection. And they're going to be incredibly difficult. They they need to play better defensively than they have played this season. They need a much they almost, better think about game. That. They almost lost to the Texans. Deshaun Watson brought them back. It, it's worrisome, and I'm that's why I have it as a one point game. So, okay. all right, uh, Bears and the Saints. Revenge for the Bears for fun. the uh, for the the Ravens. The Ravens. Titans. I can't wait to watch that one. Saints are really big favorites in this one. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Alvin Kamara is a maybe coming right. back from from. COVID what about Michael protocol. Thomas? Michael Thomas healthy. Okay. He's Be- close to 100%. Because this game is on Sunday, Kamara, if the game was on Saturday, he wouldn't be able to go. Kamara would not be able to go, but because, I, I would but, I would yeah. say he he's going Oh yeah, go. oh no, I would say based on if he tests negative right. and all that, he doesn't need to practice, he'll be there. Odds are Alvin him. Kamara will be playing for right. the Saints. Michael Thomas is healthy. You know, he only had 40 catches this year, but he only uh, played what like 7 games. Yeah, exactly. Um, here's the deal. This defense for New Orleans pretty damn good. They've done as good of a job forcing turnovers as any team in football this year, for the most part, for most of the season. Shout out Cam Jordan, who's on the podcast. Yeah, Cam Jordan, Helipod alum. Um, it's going to be MJD. Tr- trouble. Oh, yeah, Helipod with MJD. Come on, what am I doing? Um, trouble That's for Mitchell twice. Trubisky. It's twi- that will never happen again. Uh, and the Saints, listen, they've had terrible luck in the oh, postseason the last three worse. years. They've had the best record in football over the last three years. And then they get in the playoffs. They had the Minneapolis Miracle. They had that bullshit PI call against the Rams. But the, and then they just didn't play well against them. And they Minnesota didn't play well against the Rams either. And then that game, too. They had their chances to come yeah. back. But they just, they've had some bad luck. And they have played poorly as right. well. Um, I, I, I like the Saints here. I don't think it's going to be a layup. Um, 
but but I think it's going to be a touchdown win, 27-20. I see you put Marshawn Lattimore locks up Allen Robinson. The only difference is, and I, I'll say this, Marshawn Lattimore does a great job of locking dudes up. The difference is Allen Robinson is a contested catching machine. If he you're is. on him, he will find a way to come down with the ball. I mean, he gets he doesn't get a lot of separation, and, and I think that's why he's going to play a long time because he can catch the ball with guys on his back consistently, and that, that that's going to be a thing. The other thing is this. Mitchell Trubisky doesn't like he his running ability is what's going to help the Bears more than anything. His running ability is what helps David Montgomery. His him you have to account for him the same way that like I told you the Cardinals are going to have to account for John Wolford's running ability. Right. Mm-hmm. I would tell Trubisky if you don't see it open, take off. Just make them account for you because right. it'll open things up later down the road. Yep. Um, I'm going to take the Saints in this one as well, but I think it's going to be closer than what you think. And 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 because the Saints for some reason they just don't show up in the wild card round. Yeah, well, they certainly have in the last couple of years. Yeah, like they they've like well the the games you're talking about with Minnesota, remember they had a buy that year. They had a buy that, week. and then you know last year they, or the year with the Rams they had a buy, and then this one and last year in the wild card round did not they, play. They well. didn't play well, yeah. so I, I I'm a concerned, but I, I mean I have to go with the Saints in this okay. situation. All right, last game Brown Steelers. We talked about uh, before before even with all that other stuff going on, Dan, that yeah. we talked about the, the the Browns, and I know uh, Matt's gonna be not like this. Mm, it's all right, but the Browns went toe to toe with Mason Rudolph like that lets you know more than enough that this game wasn't going to be close when they got in this thing there I'm happy for Browns fans I'm happy they're there but as an analyst of this game you you're talking about a game where they didn't even travel like seven dudes right the Pittsburgh Steelers went like we're not even traveling stay at home we're just going to go out here and handle this business you won by two points was it the last second like touchdown or something or is it last second field goal or what was it that the Steelers scored and they went for two and they didn't get it okay that's what it was right Think about that. Yep. Think about that. They also they also the only thing I'll say is as a Browns fan, Nick Chubb was running, was looking so good against the Steelers, and then for some reason they just decided to go away from their running yeah. game for a little bit and they tried to let Baker win this game for him. And as a Browns fan, they just need to run the ball. And when they think about letting Baker throw it, go and run it one more time. <laughs> then let Baker throw it because it's it Chubb is the it Chubb. I know I'm speaking as a homer. He had 14 carries for a buck 08. Yeah, game. he he is the most underrated running back in the NFL. I they agree. have the gr- they have the best running back tandem in the NFL. Right. They're not going to have Batonio. It's going to hurt them. But this is a much better Browns team than they have been in the past because of their coaching. And yeah, and they're not going to have still, the coaching. They're not going to have Stefanski. And there. as much as I believe in them. It's against the Steelers in the playoffs. They do not fare well when they have to play the Steelers in the playoffs. And here's the thing about the Steelers. They've had one good half of football in the last month, and that was the second half, Week 16, against the Colts. And that's the one that Ben decided, I'm not going to let the Colts' defense call out Finchner's plays anymore, and I'm going to take over. And and I think, too, one of the things that worries me about the Browns um, and they were actually looking forward to a normal week of practice after yep. not even really having one full week last week because of COVID protocol. So everything is, is turned upside down in Cleveland now yep. with Stefanski uh, in COVID protocol. Your head coach not going to be there. Your play caller not going to be there as well that MJD brought up earlier. The other thing that I would really worry about is Baker Mayfield. When I have a quarterback, I like a guy who gets pumped up. But you look at you still look at Aaron Rodgers. You look at the way Eli Manning used to play. We were talking they, about Alex Smith. They 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 keep it medium. Jim Zorn used to say that. I like my guys to keep it medium. They don't get too amped up. Baker plays like 
like a like a pass rusher plays. Like he's going to get so hyped in this game, I think he's going to lose his mind. So my thing with Baker is, it sometimes it's like false uh, confidence, false bravado. Yeah, yeah. false yeah. bravado. So think of this: what was the game that he had his big passing debut? Uh, who was it this against? year? Yeah, yeah. He had a huge um, game. It was uh, against... Give me a second. I think he he I think he threw for five touchdowns, or he scored was it against five the Baltimore Ravens? It was Ravens? against the Bengals, wasn't it? That's what it, it was. was. The it Bengals. Was, it was against. He, like, it, it was, was like... against. It was at Cincinnati. Yeah. He went twenty-two of twenty-eight for two ninety-seven. He threw for five. Right, touchdowns. and he was like, "Yeah, man, like yeah," and I'm like, "Yo." Like, there's a thing. Like, uh, I remember this. Jack Del Rio said as we were playing the Detroit Lions, they were owing uh like nine at the point or oh and is that the oh and 16 year yeah and he yeah. goes we like this is a, we i don't care how bad we are they're the bottom of the barrel we yeah. beat them yep. and we don't celebrate beating them we beat them and we go on about our day and they got mad at me because i scored and i was celebrating they're like bro you don't do that i'm like coach it's hard to get. i don't care who it is it's hard <laughs> to get in there but that's what i'm saying like when you're when you like those kind of games you don't like use that as a way to kind of make you feel good like you're supposed to do that against right. them right yeah so you do it against the baltimore ravens i have a little bit more respect for them sure. he did that he balled out but like you said you can't you got to be as a quarterback there's gonna be highs and lows in this game and and, and i'm a kind of dude like my quarterback has to be able to handle those and just stay the same he has to stay level you can't we can't be up here right because it's, it's, it's the old cam newton thing when cam is hot and he's everything's going well nice. you'll go 15 and one but when things ain't going well you're gonna be in this thing it's gonna be we trying to climb up a mountain that we can't climb up. And so, uh, for me, it's Baker. Uh, I'm going to pick the Steelers just because Big Ben has experience. Uh, all the issues going on with the Browns. And to be honest, Pittsburgh is just a better team. Pittsburgh. Well, I can't say that now. now oh, look, he's can't put, see. I'm going to have to put on my Browns. Pittsburgh's going to roll, man. I'm sorry to do this to you, people. It's okay. 34-17. That's all right. I, I got to have gonna, faith. They are going to smoke them. I got to have faith. I'm sorry, Cleveland. Because I, I, I'm a firm believer that the NFL is is a better league when the Cleveland Browns are Absolutely. Good. You've said it's that a great on this pod before. There's no doubt about it. There's, a, there's it, a couple teams like that. It's the yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, uh, the, the Los Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys from a business standpoint. I was going to say from a business standpoint, you could say the New York Giants, but it's going to be real sweet when the Browns pull off the upset and leave on that bus and do a victory lap like the Raiders did in Kansas City. I didn't. You know what I forgot to do, Bubar? I forgot to give the season-long record before we went to the pick. So as we wrap up the helipod with MJD, it's only appropriate that we give the season standing. So what were they going into last week? What are they now going into this week? Okay, so going into last week, MJD was 5-1. and uh, to pull up his uh, season long to 60 and 38. And Dan finished six and zero after week 16. Oh God, that's to, good. To make his, uh, to make his season 62 and 36. So Dan had a two game lead. We get through week 17. Dan finishes four and two. Ooh, MJD yeah. finishes three and three. Oh, Dan's season horrible. record. Sixty six and thirty eight. MJ, MJD. Well, the other reason I was mad about, about the, the Eagles was I picked them to win, and they would have won if Doug Peterson didn't take. That is very true. Dan had the Giants. I and, saw that uh, coming, dude. MJD. Dan, Dan talked to uh, Dan talked to Aki because uh, he was going to do. Yeah. He, he's like Peterson. I got the. I, got the I knew it was coming. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Dan, congratulations. Well, hey, Dan. Thank three, you. We'll, three game lead. Three game lead On going the into the postseason. Yeah. There are only seventeen more chances for you. I know. Do we pick games. anyone different? Yeah, no, uh, you know oh, what? We did the Rams and Seahawks. And yep. the Titans. 
And the Titans and Ravens. Yeah, we yep. got a difference there. All yep. right, good. Got I'm a g- few I'm giving in here. you a chance to pull back. No way. These are, you pick yours before me. So hey, I hope good. everybody gets a chance to enjoy. Uh, this is a great, what a great football. And then, all oh, the by the way, you have the national championship game coming up. Uh-huh. Um, you are, everybody listening to this will be watching more of the games live than I will because I'll be watching kids lacrosse in Arizona. So be thinking of me watching from my iPhone as I watch my, my son and daughter. I'll be there as well. I'm doing a seven on seven football in Fresno on Sunday. Look at you I'm guys. calling the Rams game on Saturday. Can't wait to do it. Hard work. Go parents. Ramley. All right. I'm rooting. Go Chiefs. Even, Even though, though I picked against them, I'm actually parents. rooting for them. I mean, I always root for McVay. Love that dude. Um, all right. And I love you guys. Pew Bar. Hey, ha- happy new year to you guys, guys too. Happy, happy new, new year. year. Start 2021 off on the right foot and we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. That's right. Go Browns.